0: Good harmonica player. Just a fiddler. Uh, this episode is titled. Well, it's not titled yet. It's probably not the title. But what I've written here for number 13 is keep going the sad part about that statement is that half of the time I don't even believe it myself like like it's not real like I shouldn't be saying it to myself anyway Anyway, anyway, anyway. Anyway. Let us um Yeah, let's just just get into the to the episode. I wonder what I have read before anyway I don't think I th- uh, this one I'm looking I, I wrote something and I'm looking for where I put it this is the issue when you have too many notebooks and um, you have some notebooks dedicated to some things and then you start uh, using them using different notebooks oh I believe I have found it this is a little riff I had when I was listening to um to something I don't remember what I was listening to um but I wrote this while um while re while listening to this particular music it, it might have been a song with words. It might have been a normal song or it might have been some more ambient type of music. But anyway, I guess this was written in a way where uh, it, it could be music or lyrics to a song. Where are we going? Who knows? As long as I hear streams and wavy mountain trees, skies so blue only seen through the holes in those trees, we'll sit close together, tell stories to one another of that one time we fit apples to the fattest chipmunk we've ever seen. I'll break in these boots on crazy mountain rocks and you'll wear your hat like you always do, shut the door, pack it up, gear in the trunk, fill her up, Elton on the radio, the plainest rhyme you've ever heard. But it's yours, and it's mine, and that's cool. What is going on? Number 13. Episode 13 of your friend Jean, with your great host, as always... Gene, let's start this episode nice and strong. Um, Rejections from from magazines, from um, websites, and uh, what are they called? Journals? Poetry journals? Let's talk rejection because you send a bunch out and sometimes you're like, that's enough, and then you realize you probably could have, should have, would have sent more. So here's um, my advice to you. Uh, something um, that I heard was, which I, I still struggle with this. If you think you are speaking loud enough, speak louder. And uh, that basically means, um, if you think you're loud, you're probably not as loud as you think you are, so belt it to the moon. And, um, I guess I take that, uh, as to mean, you know, ev- uh, as to relate to everything. Like, if you think you have submitted to enough magazines, you probably should submit to more. So, I just received my most recent uh, rejection letter. I have been, well, not active at the moment, but every couple of months, as I receive accept, uh, mostly, as I receive denials, I'll send a new batch of poems out. I'm still waiting on one last magazine, I don't have any hope for it though, because, um, it's a big magazine, and, you know, it's a big magazine. It's just for shits and giggles, sending this work out there, but, um, yeah, a couple of, uh, like, last week, or something, I got, um, I got declined by the Adroit Journal. Good stuff. I, I attended their, um, their Zoom, uh, what is that called? Publishing, um, uh, uh, reveal, or something? Episode thirty-three or thirty-four? Launch, Zoom party. Uh, it was. Just gonna leave it at that. It was. What it was? I think I talked about this experience in an earlier episode. Um, if you want to catch my drift on it, go check out the episode. I don't remember which one it was, so you know what? Go listen to all of them. Check it out. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm still waiting on one more decision. Submission decision. Most likely, like a hundred, like maybe nothing's a hundred percent. so let's say 99.9% the most percent you can get before a 100 it will be declined. Um, you know that's just my expectation. and um, once that happens, you know I'll I'll gather up my the pieces of my broken self and put them back into a uh, a folder. Organize the folder into different slots and send that folder out again to different magazines. The reason I do it like that is because I get confused easily. So, it took me probably about three submissions to start saving my documents that I'm sending as the magazine I'm sending to the to the magazine I'm sending to and the date. So that I can keep track of where I've sent where. I don't want to double send something or mistake that, uh, you know, I have a a submission elsewhere in case it is accepted. And then I have to worry about um, simultaneous submissions. A whole slew of things. So right now, I have, I don't even have that much. So I haven't been doing this very long. It's very daunting finding magazines to submit to. So I'm small time right now. I've submitted to six, which is a big, big feat considering I wasn't doing this a year ago. Um, but I just sent to three over the summer, June actually. And I'm waiting to hear back from the last magazine. Um, and then I'll start the process up again. Maybe with new work, maybe I'll look into refining my work. Of course I'm not going to send the same poems to the same magazines that just is common sense. Uh, but I might send to the same magazine with different work. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you keep getting rejected from the same magazine like say 10 times, maybe it's it's just not your um it's just not a fit for your work. So I would recommend I mean is 10 the limit? 10 rejections? Is that the limit before you know your style of writing is not Suitable for a certain magazine? I would say 10 is the limit. I mean, you're pushing it. You're getting a little desperate, all right? Uh, I, I was looking at this Reddit forum ages ago talking about submitting to The New Yorker. That was my first submission. Hilarious that that's what I would choose. But when I started thinking about submitting to work, just submitting to magazines, I didn't know any magazines. So I knew The New Yorker existed. So I, uh, I looked into their submission policy, and I said, "Okay, you know, there's like a very small, um, a very small percentage they might accept work. Probably, most likely not. But, you know, you can't know if you don't try." And then I kind of got more into it, and uh, then I started saving my work as where I'm sending it and the date so I don't get confused that's actually a really good tactic um, I recommend it if you find yourself sending to a lot of magazines so you don't get confused with uh, where you're sending to what and what you are sending rename your files as as the magazine and the and the date or um, you can do it a, uh, a spreadsheet Excel sheet I've I've uh, so people talked about doing Excel sheets. Very important to be organized, know where your work is going. I am the last person to be organized on any of this. Um, it's not my, what is that word? It's, it's not my instinct to organize in that way. But you almost have no choice. Otherwise, you're going to confuse yourself, and then eventually you're going to look like the idiot resending work else, you know, to the same place. And it's just not going to look good on your part. I mean... I'm talking about all this who knows if you're submitting work. It's just a, uh, you know, a path that I've always thought about going down and I finally uh finally decided to hit the road with the old submission process. I got to say it's um if you get your work submitted to a magazine There is some sort of um, accomplishment to it. There is some sort of like, yes, I am, uh, my work is good. It is good to be out there to the public. It is worthy. I have skill. I have talent. But it is arty-farty. It is like, you know, these people, not saying that they're high and tight, but just saying that they're... um. You know, they could be a little uh, presumptuous, let's say. Uh, It's a different scene, for sure. I think the people in charge of magazines are a different scene than the people who submit to magazines. It can feel judgy. It should be. You're, You're judging on whose work you want to accept. But it can feel like, you know, um, super analytical. And sometimes a poem is just a poem. Like, why does Bukowski, why is he famous? Why does he have books of, of, of gnarly poetry? It's just, it's observations about the world. People sometimes take it to a new level. And you know what? I guess, in a way, that's their right. That's their path. My path is to write. Their path is to tell me what the hell I wrote. Because sometimes I don't even know. Anyway, it's um, it's an eye-opening experience. I mean, before you get into it, you get into it knowing what it's going to be about, knowing you're going to have a, a submission page with all these grade declines on it that's just kind of the 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 part the the bit of it you're just like yeah i can't wait to see all those declined declined it's great and it just makes me want to like come up with better stuff because they give you a little blurb like thank you for submitting um this is not a judgment on your work it just did not suit our publication and you're like all right yeah okay This piece was crap. I'm going to work harder. And I'm going to write something better. And you know what? I don't need to submit to your magazine again. I probably will. But not for a while. Not until you forget my name. So uh, by that time, I'll have something else. Something better. That's what I'm looking for in my work. Every one of these declined notes... It just pushes me a little bit more to, to be a little more a little more crazy, actually. I say like I can feel a good poem on the tip of my tongue and how do I how do I pull it from the ether of my whatever it is we are? Soul, is that the right uh is that the right word? The right phrase? Soul. Soul. You gotta have soul. Because, you know. Yeah, I'm, g- I'm going to wait until this last place sends me a uh, a decline. Uh, so that I can send more poems. I can send the same poems to different magazines. Um, but I'll be writing some more. Writing, writing. I, uh... I know it's coming. It does, it makes you, um... It does make you doubt your skill a little bit. It does make me, personally, doubt my skill. I love, I still love, um... The poems that I sent... Well, except for the ones I sent to the New Yorker, that was those were an embarrassment and uh a, a silly origin story if um if anything should come of this. They could be the uh the black box of poems. Is that the thing that's called the uh is that what the radio box or something, the black box that they get when a plane crashes? Yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be in mine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Makes me doubt my own skill, but I cannot help myself. So I'm going to keep going and keep writing because it's what I do. And uh, it's what I'm addicted to, which is its not a bad thing, I think, to be addicted to an art or a sport or something, I don't know, something like that. I, I don't think it's, you know, necessarily bad to be addicted to the arts, uh... Yeah, I, I uh I like it. I like writing. I wanna keep doing it. Cause you know what? Even if I'm declined for the rest of my life, there's something inside of me that will keep going. There's something in my my stupid head that's gonna keep writing, even if you know the the poet maestro Comes out of the woodwork and says, You know what? You have no skill, no form. Your poems are terrible. I'll say, Well, I'm just going to keep writing because that's what I do. Ah, I love it. The thing is, inevitably, the more you do something, the better you will get it's laws of physics is that a physic physical law is that is that a law of physics the law of, not the law of attraction it's a uh, sci- scientific it's got to be the more you do something the better you will get at it uh most likely right anyway that's a th- that's the theory i'm going with the more i write the better i will get at it with consistency and experimentation in words the body the brain it it has no choice but to get better i um i was writing this story that i talked about uh was the last episode was the last episode Anyway, the story I had a big spurt of writing on to ambient, creepy goblin ambient music. I wrote like two pages and I ended it on that chapter. So I left off at the start of the next segment. And I heard something shortly after doing that, like the next day or so, that... um. I don't know who said it. I don't remember. I'm trying to remember. Uh, It was a writer. Was it? I don't want to say the wrong name. But this writer said that um, he always stops writing in the middle of a sentence. I wish I had known that before I completed this last chapter, and left it in the air. Because that's a brilliant hack to your own brain. A brilliant hack. If you stop in the middle of a sentence, yeah, you might forget what you were trying to finish, but your brain is going to see what you started, and you're going to finish it inevitably. And then when you finish it, you're going to have the next idea. And I don't know, I I just think it's a brilliant hack to beat some form or some extent of writer's block or procrastination or laziness. It's a hack. I wish I had known that before I completed um, the second chapter because, uh, I would have stopped writing in the last sentence, in the middle of the sentence, or, you know, the middle of the paragraph, and then um, it could have been a whole, a whole thing. Because now I'm kind of stuck a little bit at where the story is going to turn, but I read over what I'd written, and uh, it's quite enjoyable, but now I'm kind of like, hmm, what is the next plot point? so it's uh it's a good idea to stop in the middle of a sentence in the middle of a chapter that's brilliant because you know what some of us are not as smart as we think we are, and we gotta trick ourselves we've gotta trick our minds because i finished this second chapter thinking oh yeah i'll have an idea by the time i get starting to write again like chapter 3 i'm going to i'm going to be good let me finish this second chapter and by the ch- by the time i want to write again which was the next day i'll know what to write and uh, i kind of sat on chapter 3 i had no title i had no next plot line um Frustrating, frustrating stuff. And then I heard this piece of advice about um, ending in the middle of a sentence. And it was like, damn, I missed it. I missed the golden opportunity. And not to say like it's going to work all the time, but um, I think it does most of the time. I've definitely come back to some work where I didn't know what I was writing, so I just stopped writing. And I've come back to it read the half a sentence and be like oh let me finish this and then something happens where I start writing the next piece and it's like oh I I didn't even plan for this so I may have to write a few words of the third paragraph of the third chapter and just not finish them regardless of if I'm going to keep them or not you know and then come back to it the next day or, or so and uh look at those unfinished sentences and go oh I can finish these and then boom, I'll be writing. Writing. Let's see. Let's see. I, uh, last episode. Pause. Yes, last episode I talked about... No, last episode I did not talk about it. Two episodes ago. Episode 11. I talked about how important atmosphere is. And how um it's conducive to creative work. You can write in a box with white walls what have you and and no window you know you can but um there is something inspiring about green leaves about a really nice um wooden desk uh nice walls adequate writing gear or creative gear whatever you do there is something to having your atmosphere and I talked about how. Well, I live. Uh, me and my husband we live in a basement, in a basement apartment. We're not. Uh, we're not cave dwellers. We're not uh, in some dark dungeon, dripping walls and cement floors. Um, the floors are tile, and laminate is that vinyl, whatever that plastic wood is. You know, because basements uh, can f- flood. So, we don't have wooden floors. We have uh tile and laminate flooring. And um I mean, it's a it's an apartment. There is nothing lacking in this place that isn't in other places of equal size or quality. Um that we're not we're not lacking in anything. It's a full a full apartment that happens to be in a basement. It's not a studio, it's a one bedroom. Um so there is there's a lot of space and there's a lot of opportunity to sort of have your own privacy um sort of sp- spend time apart if you need. We have a little foyer that leads up to our our back entrance, where we have a nice nice closet we keep all our our jackets and things uh so it's a nice apartment we put uh nice wallpaper on the walls, good lighting, very minimal. The only problem is. There's, well there's three windows. There's one regular sized window in the foyer that is awesome, but unfortunately when you're in the apartment you can't see because it's up and to the side in the foyer, up the stairs of the foyer. The foyer isn't really part of the house. And then we have a, a window in the kitchen and a window in the bedroom And the windows, uh, they're small. I mean, they're basement windows. You know, they don't open all the way. I mean, they open, but um, they kind of open toward you from the top. They're one of those, like, latch windows. Um, And they're high up because we're obviously in a basement. And... When you do look out them, you're looking out at uh, foot level. So if someone were to be standing outside, you'd see shoes. So basically our view is a view of trash cans, um, cement ground, a wooden fence. Um, We're lucky if we see a squirrel running past, car tires, that sort of view. So we always have the lights on. We have to otherwise it's it's dark even you know midday and it could be kind of tough to um to not have windows sometimes it can be the the one thing that we need to just sip our coffee at the counter the kitchen counter after just brewing it and look out a window and you know, that's such a simple pleasure. What am I what's my point here? Atmosphere. Atmosphere is really important. So we've done a really good job of uh designing this basement apartment to fit our lifestyle, to fit our uh chic chic is that the word? To fit our uh you know our style. Like I like the wood and the natural and the plants and the green and nature. And uh, my husband is into the minimalism and efficiency and and things having a place. So we've really done a good job of kind of meshing those two things. And um, the one thing it's really lacking is the windows with accessibility to uh, private nature. Uh, So, I talked about last uh, or two episodes ago that we were looking for a new place. Specifically, uh, we were looking for a house. And I mentioned that I don't like the word house or home. House more than home. I think home is a different connotation. But house... It, uh, you, there's just something about it. I don't know. Maybe it's a, It's definitely my problem. It's not anything anybody else should worry about. But uh, I sometimes have difficulty with words, if you can believe it. Uh, I don't know if anybody else feels this way, but there's certain words that when I say them, not really so much hear them, but when I personally say them, I sort of like. A little recoil and cringe. House is definitely one of those words. Uh, I don't know what it is. I don't know why. Buy a house. I can buy a ranch. I can buy ranches all day. That's awesome. A ranch? Sweet. I'll buy a ranch. I'll live on a ranch. I'll own a ranch. But a house... You can make a house whatever you want. So It's weird. It's a weird complex. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's um I've grown up with, you know, this, this idea of what a house is. And it's like, oh, nice, you know, a nice two-family house behind a, a fence. And you're in a nice suburb with neighbors next to you. And the house is, you know, two stories. And it's big. And it's uh, got blue siding. And... You have two and a half kids and you have a golden Labrador and, um, you know, your neighbors are not too close, but they're close enough. And, uh, you know, hi Jim and hi Mary. And now I'm, I'm off to work. And, uh, that's, I know that's not like true. And even if it is, it would never be my house truth. But uh, yeah, that's just something I gotta get over, right? The word house. Because if I own a house, it's not gonna be that way. Uh, I don't want a house. I don't want a big house. Um. Anyway, the point was that I liked um I liked calling property that I would own a headquarters or a home base. Or a sanctuary. I like sanctuary. That's, uh, that's nice. So, anyway, um, me and my husband found a cabin. Uh, not like a cabin in a desolate part of the woods, a cabin in a community, but definitely private. More private than where we are now. It's a very, it's a very small cabin. It, uh,. It has decent windows, decent yard, even yard. Yard, you know what it is? It, like, just doesn't sound rugged enough. It doesn't sound out there enough. It doesn't sound nature enough. There's something about a house that, yeah, you can have a house and a yard, but it's like, you just have grass on it. Like, come on, put some trees up. Put some pine trees up. Put a garden in. Put some native plants Grow some sunflowers. But grass? Is really what you're going to do? Just grass? I know. It takes work to, to do all this gardening stuff. But anyway, that's, that's what I would like to spend my time on if I were to own a house. You know, simple things. Like, like we sit on the computer and look at videos all day anyway. So why not cut that video watching in half and go outside and, and tend to my flowers? You know what I'm saying? So we found a cabin. In a in a private... Private-ish sort of area. Definitely up there in the mountains. Uh... And it's a small... It's definitely... It's a cabin. For sure. It's, uh... It's small. It's like 600 square feet. Yeah. Uh... Like one centralized room. It's got a kitchen, two bedrooms, a little basement workshop area, but nothing like nothing to the extent of where we live now. And um we decided to put an offer in on it to try to buy a cabin. I'm gonna call this this place is a cabin, okay? I'm not I'm not gonna call it a house. Ah, <sighs> The status quo, that's what gets me. The status quo, that's what gets me. So yes, we put an offer in for this cabin. And um, it looks to be going in a positive direction. Like chances that we might get it are pretty good. Oh man. I have a, a love-hate with the idea. Because I, I we've both been in this basement apartment uh, for a while. And uh, it's not like we're in the middle of a concrete jungle. There We do have access to a big yard um, with lots of trees, lots of plant life. But it's still pretty much an urban suburban city. Or urban-suburban. Suburban-urban? I called it something like that. It's not... It's a little more than suburban. It's a sub... It's technically a suburb. But... It's more urban... Than suburban. So... sub, Urban-suburban. I'm moving on. Okay? Moving on from that idea. Urban-suburban. Definitely, compared to where we are now... I mean, we're super lucky... That we have this place that has access... To nature and outside and a yard, but we just kind of want our place I I'm struggling with the idea of what I want as well, and I do want a place of my own. I want a small cabin. A tiny house. Basically a tiny house. And, um... To just have it the way we want. To have our own space. To have our... Just us. But, uh... It's a big step to put down roots somewhere when... You know, my ideas for myself were always to leave. Um... So that's something I'm kind of struggling with. Because I don't want to... I mean, it's a really good house. And... uh, It's pretty cheap, too. But... It's like, do I want to... Like, risk giving up this opportunity so that we can... Go? Or... Do we want to work on ourselves? Because... You know, the answer for happiness is not seeking outside. It is coming home to yourself and trying to, you know, figure out your mental status. And trying to figure out your happiness and trying to figure out why it is that these things we acquire don't bring us happiness. And, uh, you know, what it actually all means. So, I I would love to have experiences. Like, that's what I crave. Because I feel like I haven't had many. I've done a lot of saving and paying off student loans uh, while never... Well, you know, not having made a lot of money in the process, um, so I haven't done a lot of stuff. I've done a lot of stationary things, paying off the loans, writing, submitting to magazines. Uh, but I haven't, I haven't gone anywhere, and that kind of pulls at, pulls at my heartstrings a little bit. You know, do I want to? Just find a new place to live entirely. Uh, Have a new job. Get back to coffee. Become a barista again. Or buy this cabin. Have our own little nature sanctuary. And work on ourselves, work on this podcast, work on my writing work on the videos shit this is the crux the precipice the crossroads which one do we take oh man you you never want to make the wrong decision and you don't want to get stuck anywhere like I have this stupid idea that if I buy a house here I'm gonna be stuck here because I've seen it happen to people close to me. And that's a scary thing for me to never leave just this place. It's um brings up a bit of nausea when I think about it. Um but it doesn't mean That that can't happen. It doesn't mean we can't travel or visit another place. It just means that we have a home base. We have a sanctuary. You know? We have, uh... We have the menu screen. You know, you're in a video game. You're out there and... Boom. You're, uh you're at the menu screen and that's home base sometimes anyway all i'm trying to say is i i want i want a home base i want a sanctuary and uh it's just tough to to think about making it here you know not not this basement apartment but the the state that i'm in you know, it would be, it would be my dream to create a home base to live on a ranch somewhere, to live on a cabin somewhere, you know. In I don't know. A Southwest somewhere or Utah would be cool. Uh, but that's it. That's where I'm at. I've got my my notebook. Sitting in front of me with, uh... This woman on a horse. Overlooking, uh... Oh, actually, those are sheep. Whoa. This is the first time I realized that the front of this book... This woman is herding sheep. Um... Though they look like polar bears. Anyway. She's herding sheep. In the middle of a desert with, uh... Those desert mountains, the mesas. And it says the Grand Canyon. <sighs> There's the pole of the desert. I wanna see it. And I would love to experience life there one day. Um anyway. That's all for this episode. Thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Um, Be sure to check out uh, nativeminimalist.com, where I roast coffee and sell it for you to enjoy. Um, Also check out my YouTube channel, Yeki, Y-E-K-I-E. Do I need to spell it every time? I feel like if I were to hear something like Yeki, I don't know, how would I spell it? Would I spell it with a Y or an I-E? Um, I make videos about art and watches uh good stuff, so check that out and um check out the the rest of the episodes of this podcast. It's thirteen so far um I'll be back next week, and that's all. <laughs>